Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and live from Russell Wilson's Kitchen. It's the Fourth and Inches Show with Jana and the Sherpa. Jana, how are you doing this week? Your Cowboys uh, snatching uh, victory from the jaws of defeat there in quite the uh, entertaining game. In the way only the Cowboys can. That that game gave me, uh, like, rage. It gave me a heart attack. There was some joy, but, like, even winning like that kind of leaves you feeling dirty. Like they, they shouldn't have credit for that win. It was, it was a rough day, but I didn't tear my ACL. So I'm doing better than most people in the NFL. Yeah. This, this, this week between the, we might need an hour just between the injuries and the waiver wire to get through all the carnage here, but uh, why don't we get to it? It, It's, it's not a small injury report. Let's put it that way. (laughs) <laughs> How are you feeling with your Giants? Obviously, going to look a little different this week and and going forward the rest of the season without Saquon Barkley. Yeah, it, that that really you know, kills pretty much the only reason. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to see Daniel Jones take a step forward, but uh, I think without Saquon Barkley, the chances of that happening are a lot less. So, you know. I, I don't think Devontae Freeman or you know, if they you know, or if they stick with Deion Lewis and Wayne Gallman, I don't think that's gonna matter. I think they're looking at another top five draft pick, so we'll see. Hopefully they can make the most of it. It's it's gonna be interesting. It was uh it was certainly it was sad because obviously like I'm not a Giants fan, there's no secret there, but Saquon Barkley is a phenomenal talent. And the play before he tore his ACL, it actually looked like he dislocated his shoulder or broke his collarbone. He went down really hard on his left arm, and then he gets up, and the very next play, it it was almost a a less violent-looking injury tackle than the play before, but it ended up having so much more in the way of repercussions, so... Uh, I, I yeah, think in a 30-minute I mean, span, we saw we saw multiple knee injuries, a couple of, of ribs and hamstrings. It was a it was a tough tough Sunday this week. Yeah, and as far as you know, from a fantasy perspective too, you know, you look at the two guys that were probably the consensus one-two picks in just about every fantasy draft, and now Barkley's yeah. out for the season, and Christian McCaffrey's out for four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain and you know I'm not trying to do the injury report here for you but uh, <laughs> still there was a lot to uh, talk about and, uh, there's a lot to unpack going with it then yeah so don't worry guys we are here for a full hour as we are every Tuesday night from 8 30 to 9 30 p.m eastern time uh, we are going to give you all of the news and notes the fun field injury report waiver wire uh, suggestions for who to pick up to fill these holes because just like us you've got a bunch of them now we're going to give you game breakdowns, uh, score predictions. There'll be a little arguing. And, of course, we've always got our position rankings, who to start, who to sit, and our daily fantasy picks as well. If you can't get enough of us in an hour, I mean, really, who can? You can find us all over social media. We're on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page, on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show, at Fantasy underscore Sherpa, and JKIM16. I think you can figure out who's who there. And like I said, we're with you every Tuesday night. So feel free, hang around. We're happy to answer your questions all week long. Uh, But for now, let's get into the injury report, which means you guys have pretty much time to jump on a flight to nowhere, cook a turkey dinner. 
I mean, maybe get your MBA, whatever you want to do, you got a little time on your hands. So I have streamlined this as much as humanly possible, but there are quite a few that are going to impact your lineup this week. As we mentioned before, Saquon Barkley tore his ACL. He is done for the year. Devontae Freeman visited the Giants today and reportedly is going to sign as a uh, another warm body, not necessarily as a replacement. They've got a couple of options there. Like you said, maybe none super appetizing right now. Um, pretty much the entire 49ers team is on IR or done for the season or going to miss time. Uh, the Really, let's just do this sequentially in the order the injuries occurred in the game. Uh, Nick Bosa tore his ACL on like the third play of the game. He's carted off the field. He is done for the year. That is a huge loss for them. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is dealing with a high ankle sprain. He left the game. There's a chance he's going to play this week. If he does, I don't know how effective he's going to be. Nick Mullins actually really wasn't bad in his place. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. The entire running back uh, core essentially has been wiped out for the 49ers as well as their defense. Running back Raheem Mostert is uh, not likely to play this week with a knee injury. He's actually the healthiest of the two between him and Tevin Coleman, who's also dealing with a knee injury. He's going to be out multiple weeks. Derek McKinnon, come on down. You were a, kind of a forgotten signing in the offseason, but he's about to be the man here. It does look like there's a good chance George Kittle is going to be back this week. He's dealing with a sprained knee, and he's not a mortal like the rest of us. He plays through everything. So I'd be shocked if he was not on the field this week, no matter who's under center. Out in Tampa Bay, a little better news. Wide receiver Chris Godwin has cleared concussion protocol. He is going to play this week, barring some kind of setback between now and then, but looks like he's a 99.9% go. Uh, in Detroit, it looks like Kenny Galladay is finally going to make his season debut this week. He missed the last two weeks with a hamstring injury, uh, but he is good to go. The Saints are toying with the idea of Michael Thomas, the wide receiver they missed very dearly this week, uh, potentially playing this week. They said he'd be out multiple weeks. As I mentioned last week, he's a quick healer. Uh, they are going to see how he feels. So this one may go down to game time. At the very least, we're probably waiting until Saturday to know one way or another. Uh, Titans wide receiver A.J. Brown is unlikely to play this week. He's dealing with a bone bruise on his left knee. It doesn't look great so far. So unless he has some kind of huge recovery between now and then, I would have a, a plan B there. Out in New York, Jets wide receiver Jamison Crowder is possibly going to play this week. It looks like he's got a pretty good chance dealing with that hamstring injury. However, Brashad Perriman is dealing with a sprained ankle. He's pretty doubtful to play. Also worth noting, wide receiver Chris Hogan left the game with, a, uh, with rib injuries. It looks like he did not break anything, so it's not too serious. Probably going to play. They're really questionable right now. They did, the Jets actually start the fourth quarter with only two wide receivers by the end of the day. But with the Jets being the Jets, that wasn't even close to a top headline with how many other injuries there were this week. Out in Green Bay, Devontae Adams is questionable. He's dealing with ankle and hamstring injuries. First hurt the ankle, then the hamstring, and that ultimately is what kept him out of the game. So that seems the more severe of the two, but it looks like he's going to plan to play unless there's a setback. In Denver, wide receiver Cortland Sutton was not so lucky. He was another one that suffered a torn ACL this week. He is done for the year. It's a shame it was going to be a good season for him. Quarterback Drew Locke also got uh, got dinged up. He took a really hard sack and is going to be out, what they're saying, multiple weeks with a shoulder injury. Jeff Driscoll, who uh, came in and, and really almost won that game, is going to be under center for the next few weeks. In uh, out west, the Chargers quarterback Tyrod Taylor 
was a very late unexpected scratch this week. He had pregame chest pain from re-aggravating a rib injury while warming up. Uh, so Justin Herbert came in and was great. I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of him in the future, but they're saying that Tyrod Taylor is expected to be your starter this week. We'll see how that goes. In Kansas City, wide receiver Sammy Watkins has uh, tweeted out that he's healthy and planning to play. And if you put it on Twitter, it's never wrong. Uh, the Chiefs, however, so he's still questionable, hasn't actually uh, gotten himself out of the concussion protocol yet. He took a pretty nasty hit to the head this week. So we'll see who wins that battle. <laughs> have, have a plan B. Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard is probably out this week with a toe injury, but they're going to wait until a little later in the week to decide. As we mentioned before, Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey is out four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. It didn't look too bad, um, but it, it ended up after the MRI being worse than they thought. Oh, let's take a look at some of the other running backs. Uh, Rams running back Cam Akers has separated rib cartilage. He is questionable. I would not be surprised if he does not play, or if he does, it's going to be a limited capacity. I don't know if you've ever had a rib injury. They are not fun just being a regular human, let alone an NFL running back. Uh, Bears running back David Montgomery went headfirst into the turf Sunday. He basically spiked himself. We can joke about it because he, he's actually pretty healthy, all things considered. He left the game and managed to come back and be very effective. He's practicing well, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's a full go this week. Colts put wide receiver Paris Campbell on IR today with MCL and PCL injuries in his knee. He's going to miss, quote, sometime, or in IR terms, at least until week six. Kansas City running back Daryl Williams left the game with an ankle injury. He's questionable coming into this week. Uh, Broncos running back Philip Lindsay is going to be out at least two weeks with a separated toe. Rams running back Malcolm Brown had surgery on his fractured pinky. He's questionable. Looks like he's got a, a decent chance of playing this week. Tough to hold the ball with a fractured, hand, uh, fractured finger, but, hey, if anyone can do it, he's got a chance. Texans running back Duke Johnson is, quote, week to week with an ankle sprain. He obviously did not play Sunday. Not looking so great so far. Hopefully he has a better rest of the week than he has so far. Chargers running back Justin Jackson also didn't play on Sunday. He's still, quote, day-to-day with a quad injury. Again, they're a little beat up at running backs, but they're hopeful he'll play, but still unsure. Colts tight end Jack Doyle is very questionable, still dealing with an ankle injury, didn't play last week. Uh, so definitely have a plan B there. Bengals tight end C.J. Uzma tore his Achilles on Thursday night. He's done for the season. That's a big loss for them. Uh, Bill's tight end Dawson Knox is dealing with a concussion. He is still in the concussion protocol. He's questionable for this week. Jaguars wide receiver D.J. Chark is, was limited today at practice with a chest injury. He's questionable coming into the weekend. Or I'm sorry, Thursday. And uh, Dolphins wide receiver Devontae Parker was limited at practice with a hamstring injury. He did play last week, uh, so hopefully he will again this week. So those are the most notable of the injuries. <laughs> Obviously, a lot of guys still limited and, and uh, having uh, practices where they're not going full full out, but those are the biggest names on your roster. So, Sherpa, what do you think about trying to fill some of these holes? I know my, all of my fantasy teams lost somebody this week, and I'm sure most of yours did as well. Oh, I'm sorry. I just finished reading the <laughs> owner's manual of my 25-year-old car from cover to cover for the first time. <laughs> All so, the war and peace. <laughs> and the war and peace, yes, which have long oh. since expired. But anyway, well, here, we um, <laughs> here we are. Here you know, we are. Waiver wire um, these lists are also going to be uh, considerably longer than they usually are, just given the yeah. the carnage that we witnessed last weekend. But 
Uh, let's mm-hmm. start off with running backs. Um, some guys that I would have my eye on, uh, Miles Gaskin, who seems to have you know, yes. cemented his status as the lead back there in Miami, even with Matt Breida and Jordan Howard there, uh, would mm-hmm. be my guy I'd want most. Uh, Mike Davis, uh, Christian McCaffrey's uh, replacement in Carolina, Devonta Freeman, assuming that the Giants are going to sign him, uh, Deion yep. Lewis who should still have a role even if the Giants don't sign Freeman. I mean, if they do sign Freeman, uh, Daryl Henderson with the Rams, Jarek McKinnon, Jeff Wilson, another in the stable of uh, 49ers running backs, Carrion Johnson, Chase Edmonds, Joshua Kelly, Alexander Madison, Boston Scott, who was everybody's darling a week or two ago and now is uh, in the land of forgotten toys, uh, Chris Thompson, yeah. Wayne Gallman, Frank Gore, I'm getting uh, down to the part of the list where you <laughs> have to be in a really deep dynasty league or really uh, desperate uh, in a seasonal league. But uh, Frank Gore, Rex Burkhead, uh, Jamichael Hasty, who's somebody that the 49ers might uh, activate from their practice squad. And then uh, I if might everybody get activated taking, from the 49ers practice squad at this point. <laughs> they need some, perhaps, some uh, warm bodies to play running back. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Damian Harris, who's, going to be on IR for at least another week for the Patriots. But uh, since nobody there seems to be particularly healthy, um, we may get a shot as uh, soon as next week. So I, who knows, maybe you have somebody to add to that list. But uh, first, do you have anyone to add to the list? And second, uh, which of those names are, are you most focused on? No, no, I, I I, don't think there's anyone else really on the planet we can add to that list. It was perfect. Um, Frank Gore I like a lot. He seems to just never, ever age. He plays forever. Um, he's reliable. Miles Gaskin I like a lot as well. We all know him a bit of a Miami homer. Um, Mike Davis, just because that offense runs so much. I, obviously, you're going to have to be a little more balanced without Christian McCaffrey out there, but that offense is designed to play the run so you'd think he's got to see more time than a lot of backups at least for the for the beginning couple of weeks here okay um let's move on to wide receivers then uh, just in case by any chance they're still available in your leagues robbie anderson and alan lazard would be at the top oh, yeah. of the list but now assuming that they're not uh, the guys i would be looking to would be keelan cole with uh, the jaguars um Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Corey Davis, Nikhil Harry, LaVisca Chenault, Golden Tate, Russell Gage, Michael Pittman, Traquan Smith, KJ Hamler, Jalen Rager, Demir Bird, Adam Humphreys, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Chris Hogan, Braxton Berrios, Debo Samuel, and uh, Isaiah Ford. Uh, Samuel, I think, is on IR for another week, but that's more of a speculative pickup. But uh, anyway, there's um, lots of names on the list. I'm not sure any of them are going to win your league, but uh, some of them might be good matchup plays. Uh, Keenan, Keelan Cole in particular has had a couple nice weeks to start off the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely have him on my list. Uh, Russell Gage. Had himself a nice week last week. Kill Harry, um, he seems to have pretty good chemistry with Cam Newton as much as anybody can right now. Uh, Michael Pittman and Golden Tate, if they're out there. Um, And KJ Hamler, I think, is interesting, especially in a deeper league. I I think there's there's 
a lot of potential there, but it really depends how well that team actually progresses. So, you know, if you're yeah, able I mean, to take a flyer, I think that's a decent one. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, you would think with Cortland Sutton out, you know, he'd have all sorts of opportunity. But on the other hand, you know, with Jeff Driscoll as his quarterback instead of Drew Locke, I'm not sure that he would probably be a lot higher up on my list if Drew Locke were there rather than I Jeff actually Driscoll. think it's more interesting having Jeff Driscoll there for K.J. Handler just because anyone who's listened to the show over the last 11 years, uh, I, I'm always a proponent of – you know, when a backup quarterback comes in, I love seeing that the first first real game he's under center, seeing who he's got the chemistry with, who he's been working out with at practice. I think KJ Hamler's got a chance to have something good with him, uh, just because obviously he wasn't wide receiver one, so you're not getting quite as many looks. But now you're moving up on the totem pole. I, I just I don't know. I like him. All right, and let's move on to quarterbacks. Then uh, Justin Herbert actually. You know, would be at the top of my list. Uh, had oh, a really yeah. nice debut, and you know, with Tyrod Taylor. I mean, the, you know, the coach Lynn is saying, "Hey, we're going to go back to uh, you know, to guy. Yeah. Taylor, and that you know, he's Justin Herbert's number two for a reason." But it would be awfully hard, I think, to um, you know, to go back to um, you know, to Taylor. If he plays I mean, like I'm, he did in week one, well it's hard to say. Hey, you know we're not going to look at at Justin Herbert, or at least look harder I wonder, at him because he he came out well. I wonder too if the fact that they don't have fans in the stands there plays any part in that decision because you know if they had fans in the stands they'd all be chanting for Herbert, but uh, given that they don't, you know then maybe you know, they don't have to you know in Lynn's mind rush him. But oh, in a yeah. quick digression, I think last year the funniest story was related that came out of football was probably you know the Philadelphia story with the guy that was the hero in the fire and when they asked him oh, yeah. you know yeah. how he did it you know he said well you know I was I was just you know they were tossing the babies out the window and I was catching them on like Aguilar if you remember <laughs> that yeah that was fantastic so I think we have an early contender for another story of the year and of course this one also uh involves Philadelphia but apparently when Carson went through a you know yep. an interception oh, yeah. this is real. into the end zone they were uh piping in booing noise they actually you know, they piped snow. in boos multiple times during that game there was at least twice I heard and I think a few more it's it's savage in a way that only Philadelphia can pull off who else is piping in boos only Philadelphia I'm surprised they don't have a Nick Foles chant piped in yeah, that that could very well be. Or yeah, so <laughs> or calling for Jalen Hurts to come in or something. But, I just yeah, if I'm Carson Wentz, yeah. I gotta really be feeling bad about myself when that happens. Like your own yeah. organization is like actively like, yeah, you know, this isn't great. Let's actually tell the world how not great this is, even without fans. Like that's. Oh, I kind of I wonder silly. if they warned him that they were going to do that ahead of time, or if that was a surprise to him, but. Either way, I'm sure he wasn't happy about it. I, I wouldn't have been. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving back to the matter at hand. So Justin Herbert would be my top target for um, a quarterback pickup this week. Uh, surprisingly, Mitchell Trubisky would be second on my list, followed Ooh. by Philip Rivers, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Gardner Minshew. And, again, 
These aren't necessarily ranked based on my long-term outlook for them, but more just think if I'm streaming quarterbacks, who do I think gives me the best chance of picking up a win in week three? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Obviously, Justin Herbert, if he's out there, put him on your team. Phillip Rivers is going to, out of the guys who are available, is going to give you a real good shot. If Gardner Minshew's out there, I can't be a proponent of him enough. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, obviously, um, he's he's always there. It's just a matter of how much their offense can actually move the ball, which seems to be a bit of an issue. But, you know, this week, they they got a chance. Right. Moving on over to tight ends then. Uh, I know George Kittle is more likely to play this week, but Jordan Reed, who has been a little bit injury prone himself, is uh, really starting off like gangbusters. And, uh, you know, with Nick Mullins there, we'll see how much changes. But, um, you know, he would be, Jordan Reed would definitely be somebody I'd have an eye on, even if Kittle is back healthy with the injuries they have at, at. running back and wide receiver, you figure they may very well have um, use. They may very well get a second tight end involved in the offense, even if Kittle is back. So Tyler Mm -hmm. Eifert in Jacksonville, Dalton Schultz, who had himself a nice game for your Cowboys last week. Um, Made up for that fumble. (laughs) Yes, he did. Um, (laughs) Mo Cox with the Colts, uh, Logan Thomas with the Redskins, Drew Sample, with the Bengals and uh, Jordan Aikens with the Texans round out my list of tight ends to uh, pick up off the waiver wire. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, Drew Sample, I think, is interesting just because of how much uh, the tight end was was a factor in Cincinnati. Uh, Jordan Reed, as long as he's healthy, ride that train. And Dalton Schultz, obviously, I'm I'm a little biased on. But like I said, he had a nice game last week playing another team that doesn't have a whole lot of defense. So, could have another big week this week. And unlike um, Philadelphia, they don't have to pipe in booing noise for the Cowboys. Nope, we got 20-plus thousand fans there to do it on their own. Definitely not social distancing. No. <laughs> There's also no way that it was on... really only 20,000 fans there, just, just for the record. Of course, they're on <sighs> the road this week, but uh, maybe they'll, maybe Jerry Jones can arrange to have some booing piped in. Okay. Also, can we just um, mention, I, I should have touched on this in the injury report, but San Francisco, not only did they have the worst week ever with injuries, but the MRI uh, truck that was supposed to come to their hotel to do all these MRIs on guys broke down on the way, so they couldn't have anyone MRI'd before they left town. And the plane they were originally supposed to get on got hit on the runway before they were on it, don't worry. So they were delayed even getting back to San Francisco, and they might have had the worst 24 hours out of anybody out there. Yeah, that's that's pretty rough. I, yeah. <laughs> not, not a good time yeah, to be hopefully a there's, Hopefully there's some good karma coming their way, but um, we'll yeah. see. They've earned so, it. Yeah, now on to defenses. If you're looking to stream a defense this weekend, some of the ones that I would have my eye on would be Tampa Bay playing at Denver and against Jeff Driscoll. Uh, Arizona is hosting Detroit this week. Indianapolis hosting the Jets. Philadelphia was ragging on them before, but they're hosting Cincinnati this week, which makes them somewhat attractive. The Chargers hosting Carolina and Cleveland hosting Washington round up round out my list of uh, waiver wire targets if you want to stream a defense this weekend. 
There you go. I like it. I got no beef with your list. Should we take a look okay. at uh, some rankings? Sure. Um, running backs. I forget whose turn it is to start off this week. So why don't you lead us off? Who, which running All right. backs do you I, like most? Unfortunately, this week? I can't. I can't tell you to start Christian McCaffrey number one. He's starting on the bench this week. Uh, Alvin Kamara is going to be my number one overall running back this week. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott at number two. I'd really prefer to stop putting the ball on the ground, but I think he's going to have a big game this week. Dalvin Cook rounding out my top three with Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis uh, coming in at five. Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders. (laughs) Miles Sanders, who's back from the dead. Kenyon Drake in Arizona, Aaron Jones, and my top 10, Joe Mixon. So a little bit of an eclectic mix this week. How are you feeling about it? Um, we only agree on three of our top 10 this week. So Not feeling good about that it. Kind of a week. <laughs> so, well, we did agree, if not the order, you know, we agree on the top two backs for this week. And okay, that would be Ezekiel Elliott going up against Seattle's defense and Alvin Kamara. Uh, going up against Green Bay's defense. Um, James Conner is third on my list. Chris Carson, four. Austin Eckler, five. Todd Gurley, six. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, seven. Kenyon Drake, eight. Mark Ingram, nine. Malcolm Brown, assuming his uh, pinky is still attached after the surgery, would be 10. And then uh, honorable mentions, I'll give a shout-out to J.K. Dobbins, Daryl Henderson, Devin Singletary and uh, Zach Moss. Can I tell you, I am very, very excited about J.K. Dobbins. I think he's electric in that offense. I loved him in college, and I think he's going to have himself a real big game against Kansas City this week. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, so far they haven't – it's been pretty much a 50-50 split between, you know, Dobbins and Ingram, and you figure that as the season goes along that seesaw will probably tilt more in – Dobbins' direction, but uh, I'm not sure if this is the week or whether it takes a few more weeks. But I agree with you. You know, and you know, before long, J.K. Dobbins will be the one running back that you'll really want to uh, have on your roster from the Ravens. He's very good, and I'm I'm so all in on J.K. Dobbins that Mark Ingram is the top pick on my avoid list this week. I think this is the breakout week for Dobbins. This is the high-scoring game. He's going to be a part of it. Uh, I also have Frank Gore on my avoid list, Ronald Jones the second in Tampa Bay, uh, Boston Scott, like you said, he was everyone's darling. I was a big fan of him. Miles Sanders is back, though, and that offense is still looking a little suspect. Uh, Malcolm Brown, with or without a pinky, I think there are probably some better options out there. Chris Thomas, Duke Johnson, Rex Burkhead, Jamal Williams, and Chase Edmonds. So for me, Josh Jacobs is actually at the top of my avoid list for this week (laughs) along with Joe Mixon Melvin Gordon David Johnson Adrian Peterson David Montgomery Davis Miles Gaskin uh, Antonio Gibson and then the Frank Gore the Michael Perrine combination and yes I did tell you that uh, Davis and Gaskin Gaskin and Davis were my top two uh, waiver wire targets for this week but I don't think you can really count on them to uh, carry your team to victory this week. Yeah, they're not necessarily going to be Christian McCaffrey numbers if you put them in, you know, but down the road, definitely more value than a lot of what's out there, but quite frankly it is Yeah, more to, to the point, I just don't like their matchups so much this week. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. How about wide receiver who are okay. you liking this week? 
Uh, wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins is at the top of my list. Uh, he and Kyler Murray seem to have really good chemistry, judging by two games. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Robert Woods is number three on my list. Juju Smith-Schuster, four. Stephon Diggs, five. Amari Cooper, six. Julian Edelman. I mean, talk about chemistry with a new quarterback. He and Cam Newton really seem to be yeah. on the same page. So, you know, he is, you know, for all these years that I was wondering, you know, is he just a, you know, sort of a product of the Tom Brady mystique? Uh, yes, again, Scott. Like you know, he's, okay. he's really he's doing quite well without uh, Mr. Brady. Uh, Calvin Ridley, mm-hmm. eight. Tyler Lockett, nine. And Keenan Allen rounds out my top ten. Honorable mentions to Marquise Brown, Cooper Cup, C.D. Lamb, Julio Jones, and D.K. Metcalf. Okay. Uh, we agree on DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins being at the top of the list. Uh, our lists do look a little different, though. Uh, I have Devontae Adams at two. I think that New Orleans-Green Bay game is going to have some points scored in it. Julio Jones rounding out my top three. Tyree Kill at four. Tyler Lockett my t- in my top five there. Uh, Allen Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster, who I'm surprised was as quiet as he was last week. Uh, Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, and uh, DK Metcalf running out my top ten. Okay, the wide receivers that I want to avoid this week. And again, I'm trying <laughs> to stick to people that you know would likely be in somebody's fantasy starting lineup, not just you know not going to tell you to avoid you know. Adam Humphreys or something because he's probably not in your starting lineup, but uh, yeah. the guys that might be in your starting lineup that I would suggest you avoid this week would be Terry McLaurin, Alan Robinson, AJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Kenny Galladay, AJ Green, AJ Brown, Will Fuller V, Corey Davis. And uh, it pains me to say, but Darius Slayton, and then dishonorable mention to Preston Williams, Jerry Judy, and Golden Tate. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was. I actually had kind of a hard time finding ten wide receivers I wanted to avoid, just because there's so much gray area. I'm not really sure who's going to be the guy with so many injuries. Um, but AJ Brown is certainly on my list. Uh, whether or not he plays, I don't want any part of him. Devonte Parker, uh, another one. I don't like dealing with hamstring injuries. Robbie Anderson. Even uh, even with not a lot of healthy bodies there, I still don't love the matchup. Will Fuller in Houston, Deshaun Jackson, Preston Williams, Brandon Cooks, Russell Gage, who, yes, pick him up off the waiver wire, but nah, I think he could do, do some better work this week. Christian Kirk and Mike Williams rounding out my top ten. Bottom ten? My ten. <laughs> okay. How about uh, quarterbacks who are you liking this week? Loving Lamar Jackson this week. Can't say enough. Um, I, I think it's going to be a great game. I think he's going to have a phenomenal one. Uh, number two, Russell Wilson against the defenseless Cowboys. Uh, Tyler Murray rounding out my top three. I've got Dak Prescott at four because also the Seahawks don't really have much of a defense. And Josh Allen, potential MVP Josh Allen, rounding out my top five. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. I admire my list than you do, believe it or not. <laughs> um, Patrick. Say. I know, I know. What a world we live in. Um, Patrick Mahomes, probably the lowest he'll ever be on a top ten list, is at number six this week. Cam Newton at seven. Gardner Minshew checking in at number eight. Ben Roethlisberger and Deshaun Watson. Very rare he makes my top ten, but here we are. 
I think we uh, agreed on the top seven or our first seven. And then after that, I think it went off the wire, the rails a little bit, but we'll <laughs> see. Um, I agree with you about Lamar Jackson being the top option. I actually have Patrick Mahomes at second, uh, Jared mm-hmm. Goff third, Josh Allen fourth, Russell Wilson fifth, Dak Prescott sixth, Cam Newton seven, Kyler Murray eight, Matt Ryan nine, and I'm looking for a resurgence from uh, Drew Brees uh, this week with the home cooking and the Packers coming in for the showdown with Aaron Rodgers. And uh, honorable mentions to Justin Herbert, assuming that he plays, and Ben Roethlisberger, who you had touted as being one of your top ten. Yep, yep. Uh, I think I think that's going to be an interesting game. I think there's a lot of high-scoring games this week, but we'll get there in a few minutes. I agree. Uh, on my avoid list this week, Mitchell Trubisky, certainly at the top there. Ryan Fitzpatrick, old Socrates, I love him. I don't think the value is there this week. Phillip Rivers in Indianapolis, despite the fact they're going to win that game, I don't think I want to start him at quarterback. Tyrod Taylor, uh, Justin Herbert, if he if Herbert starts, I like him an awful lot better. Tyrod Taylor, I, I don't want to start whether or not he starts this game. Uh, Jared Goff on your start list, I'm staying away from this week. Nick Mullins, Jimmy Garoppolo, anybody else that wants to play quarterback for the 49ers, I'm going to stay away from as well as Sam Darnold. C.J. Beathard. Yeah. Oh, you know I love me some C.J. Beathard. I'm, I'd, I'd put him in purgatory. I'll keep him around. Okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, what about you? You should have you good chemistry with George Kittle, although I don't know if chemistry goes back four years, but maybe. I think it could. Yeah, it's like okay. riding a bike. They'd be fine. <laughs> so for me um, quarterbacks to avoid include Deshaun Watson Joe Burrow, Carr Ryan Tannehill Daniel Jones, Teddy Bridgewater Matthew Stafford Dwayne Haskins, Mitchell Trubisky and Sam Darnold and dishonorable mention to Ryan Fitzpatrick so those are some guys that I'd be looking to hopefully I'd have a better option on my roster and if not I'd try to go find one on the waiver wire for this week yeah I'd hope so but it's fun pickings out there <laughs> yes uh, tight ends um, Travis Kelsey is the top one on my list this week Tyler Higby mm-hmm. he of the three touchdown receptions uh, last week mm-hmm. uh, is number two on my list Hayden Hurst had a nice game last week number three on my list Hunter Henry four Mark Andrews, five, Jared Cook, six, Greg Olson, seven, Eric Ebron, eight, Zach Ertz, nine, and uh, to make you happy, um, Dalton Schultz, uh, 10 on my list, and honorable mentions to uh, Dan Arnold and Tyler Eifert. Okay, okay. Uh, Our lists look a little different. Uh, We both have Travis Kelsey at the top. I think that's a no-doubter there. Um, I have Mark Andrews at two. Obviously, we both think that's going to be a high-scoring game. Darren Waller uh, for the Raiders, I think, is going to have himself a monster season. He's well on his way there. Zach Ertz at four. Dallas Goddard at five. So we're going back-to-back there. Uh, Mike Gusecki checking in on the top ten this week. Hunter Henry, Tyler Higby, who, like you said, had a great game last week. Maybe not going to get in the end zone that many times this week, but I like it. Uh, Evan Ingram and Noah Fine running out my top ten. Okay, you know me, I love a good backup quarterback tight end matchup. <laughs> yeah, your 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 tight end um your recommended list Looks sounds like suspiciously avoid like list, my avoid list. Yeah. Right here we yeah. go. Uh Darren <laughs> Darren Waller at the top of my avoid list for this week. Uh 
Jonu Smith, uh, top scoring fantasy tight end in a lot of formats uh, through two weeks. Uh, avoid him this week. Mike Gesicki, Ooh, okay. Evan Engram, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Font, Jordan Akins, Logan Allen, and Chris Herndon rounding out my avoid list for tight ends this week. Names on the, the avoid list there. Uh, I've got TJ Hawkinson and Logan Thomas on my avoid list, as well as Austin Hooper out in Cleveland, Chris Herndon, Eric Ebron, Tyler Eifert, Jimmy Graham, Drew Sample, who I was extolling his virtues earlier, maybe isn't as weak, uh, Jordan Akins, and Jack DeWilt rounding out my top ten. And I think I said Logan Allen instead of Logan Thomas. I think I still have baseball on the mind. Maybe, but, maybe, uh, his, maybe his middle name's Allen. You never know. Uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah. if, if it were, you'd probably think I'm his mother calling him and I was mad at him or something. But Well, you are mad at him. You put him on the avoid list. <laughs> well, I'm not mad at him. I just don't think he's going to have a good week. But I'm not mad at him. I, I'm not mad at Evan Ingram, and I hope I'm wrong about that. But still on my avoid list. All right. Yeah. Defense is who you like and who, who should we stay away from this week. Start off with who you like. Uh, loving the Steelers' defense this week. Uh, Buccaneers at two. I just don't think there's a lot of offensive firepower, especially in mile high. Uh, the Colts at three, 49ers at four, and the Browns are running out my top five. The Chargers, Bills, Eagles, Titans, and Cardinals checking in at number 10. Okay. How about um, you? Did you, you bring your tears for fears this week? I did. <laughs> Um, top tier in a tier by itself this week um, is <laughs> Indianapolis. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Jets. Um, <laughs> next tier consists of Cleveland, Arizona, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, and the Chargers. And the last recommended tier consists of Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, New England, Minnesota, Philadelphia, and Atlanta. Okay, all right. I can get on board with your tiers. Uh, on my avoid list, a few that are in your your tiers, your upper tiers, I guess. Uh, I've got Washington at the top of my avoid list, as well as the Falcons, the Saints, the Bears, Vikings, Giants, Jaguars, Broncos, Jets, and the Bengals. Okay, I have um, the Bills at the top of my avoid list, Cowboys, Packers, Chiefs, Rams, Raiders, Seahawks, Lions, Baltimore, Chicago, and Carolina rounding out my uh, tears, drying off my tears. <laughs> well, some things that hopefully won't bring you tears, uh, but our game picks for this week. Usually rage is what it brings you when I start telling you my picks, but generally not tears, so hopefully we can keep it that way. Well, we both had pretty good weeks last week. You were Definitely. 11 and five and I was 13 and three. So through two weeks, uh, let me update the totals here. You're 21 and 11 and I'm 23 and nine through two weeks. So we okay. were both right. the first week. So just picking winners. Uh, yeah. Given how much uncertainty there is coming into the season, I'm, I'm pretty happy with our results. We've, so we've far. Had so <laughs> yes, uh, for sure. So um, before we start with the game picks, um, at the risk of spoiling spoiling some uh, game picks, are there any 0-2 teams that you think are going to crack the win column for the first time this week and any 2-0 teams that you think are going to um, bite the dust this week? 
Well, I think the Eagles are going to finally get off the schneid. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be the prettiest thing in the world, but I think they're finally going to get a win this week. Um, I just so are those are they the zero and two team you think is most likely to win this week? Yeah, I think so. Um, as far as two and zero teams, I think might take a loss this week. Um, I think, I think, believe it or not, and this may shock you, the Packers. I'm taking to lose this week. Well, that does kind of shock me. I, I would have thought you'd I know. go with the Rams, but uh, Packers is an interesting pick. So, um, yeah, why don't we get into yeah. the game picks yeah. and starting with the ever popular Thursday night games? Um, this one, I think, I was wondering who you were going to pick here because yeah, these this are two of your favorite uh, yes. non cowboy yes. teams. So I thought you'd probably be. Um, experiencing some discomfort here, but I did. (laughs) So, all right. So the Thursday night game, just for those who uh, aren't uh, familiar with Janet's team preferences in the non-cowboy division, you've got the Dolphins, (laughs) Dolphins. Yeah. You've got the Dolphins, the Packers, the Jaguars, all sorts of teams in in your uh, non-cowboy rooting interest. So anyway, two of them are playing (laughs) each other this week and that would be the Dolphins and the Jaguars uh, battle for uh, Florida supremacy. So uh, in this one, I'm, I'm finally going to drink the Gardner Minshew Kool-Aid. Yes. They're at home. They're, they're, uh, James they're Robinson's me. looking pretty good. And <laughs> I just, much as I, I should be rooting for Ryan Fitzpatrick to do well, I just Jacksonville to win by a field goal in a close game. Final score, Jacksonville 27, Miami 24. I am taking the Fighting Gardner Minshews for the third week in a row, and damn if they didn't almost pull one out last week. Gardner Minshew doesn't get a little too hyped. He had plenty of time, throw a ball right off a defender's helmet for an interception. They win that game, and I fully, fully believe in them. I'm all in on headbands and bandanas and Gardner Minshew. I, I don't think this is very – comparatively for some of the scores we're going to see this week, this is one of the lower-scoring ones, but I'm picking Jacksonville to win 27-21. Okay. Duly noted. Um, First of the Sunday games, and for those of you who don't like to wake up early on Sundays, who might be located in uh, more Western time zones, you'll be happy to know there are actually five late games on Sunday as opposed to the usual two. But uh, anyway, um, first of the Sunday early games has a West Coast team, uh, namely the Rams, traveling to an East Coast city, namely Buffalo. And I think the Rams are going to uh, win this battle of the unbeatens, and I'm picking them to win this by a field goal. I like their offense a little bit more than I like uh, Buffalo's at this point, and I think that will negate the home field advantage. So I'm going with uh, the Rams 34, the Jared Goffs 34, and the Josh Allens 31. I am taking the fighting Josh Allens to win this game, despite the fact that there's not going to be wild tailgates Social distancing, Buffalo. Let's not go through tables. We need to stay apart. Um, I, I'm taking Josh Allen. I think they pull us out. I think the Rams coming east. I think having some uncertainty at a very important position, namely running back. I think that Buffalo's got a chance to steal one here. I think they win 31-28 in, in a game that's going down to the wire in the fourth quarter. I think this is going to be a really good one to watch. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, there are a lot of games this weekend that would be fun to watch. Um, another one that might not be on my list to watch, but probably is in the Watt household, is uh, <laughs> Houston at Pittsburgh. I'm sure that I'm uh, the so. Watt brothers will be, uh, the families will be tuned in for that one. Um, I think the the uh, JJs are going to beat the TJs in this game. Or, excuse me, I think the TJs are going to beat the JJs. I'll go with the okay. Steelers okay. and the resurgent Ben Roethlisberger to uh, beat uh, Houston. I'll take Pittsburgh 30 over Houston 24. I'm taking Pittsburgh to win 27-23, so we're, we're right in line there. Um, I think Ben Roethlisberger's been great. I would love to see Juju Smith-Schuster back in the fold a little bit this week. He was kind of a ghost last week, but I think he will have a better week uh, against this Houston defense. So I just I just don't think their offense has quite enough firepower to outgun the Steelers. Okay, um, another matchup, early matchup with a West Coast team, or I shouldn't say West Coast team. They're no longer a West Coast team, but they're still a Western time zone team, mainly the Raiders yeah. uh, traveling not quite as far, even though further east than the Rams will be, and that's because they're playing in New England. I'll say that uh, New England, tough loss in Seattle, Raiders, uh, nice win, but they're also playing on a short week. So I'm going to say that uh, New England bounces back at home, and I'll go with uh, Cam Newton's 31 over the Derek Carr's uh, 24s. I'm taking Vegas for the upset here. I like them winning 30-26. I think it's gonna it's gonna be another good game to watch. Um, but I I just I think their offense is finally working a little bit. They are healthier than a lot of other teams out there, and I think they're gonna keep riding this momentum even on a short week, even going across the country. I'm all in. I mean, Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. I'm definitely you know, buying those guys, but I just think their wide receiver core is still a bit of a mess. But uh, It we'll is. See. It is. I'm not disputing that. I just I, – I, this New England team, I'm still not totally sold on. Yes, the Julian Edelman connection is great. Cam Newton's remembering how to run a little bit, and he's certainly well-rested, but I, they still look a little disjointed for my taste. Nikhil Harry actually looks like he's getting involved in he the does. offense there, but I guess – they have to have a second wide receiver to throw to if they don't have any running backs they trust and don't have any tight That's ends true. they trust. I mean, Ryan Izzo's on the field for 65 or 70 snaps and they throw him the ball once. So, you know, that doesn't say yeah, much. Okay. Um, well, keeping sense. moving along here so that we make sure to leave some time for your DFS picks. Um, Tennessee traveling to Minnesota. So here's I'm going to go against the grain a little bit here. We've got a 2-0 team traveling to face an 0-2 team. Minnesota was thought to be a strong team uh, before the season started. I think this is kind of a critical week for them to get things back on track, and I think they do it. I think that uh, Minnesota will bounce back and win this by field goal. I'm saying Minnesota 27, Tennessee 24. I've got Tennessee winning 31-21. I'm not excited about Kirk Cousins. I don't think they bounce back. I think Dalvin Cook's a real bright spot on this team right now. But beyond that, I I don't – I just – I can't figure this team out. I I want Kirk Cousins to be better than he is, but I'm not convinced this is the week he's going to figure it out. Okay. Um, Next up, we've got the 0-2 Redskins traveling to the 1-1 Browns and – 
I think the Browns are going to come out on top here. I think Baker Mayfield jury's still out on him, but I think against a, you know, Washington obviously has a really strong defensive front, but I, I think they'll be able to run and to a lesser extent throw some on the Redskins, just enough to win this game. I'll say uh, Cleveland 27, Washington 20. I'm going to pick the Washington football club to win a game. I'm I'm going to have them potentially leading the NFC East when this is all said and done after this week. Uh, I've got them winning a bit of a barn burner, 23-21. I think their defense is going to make the difference. I think they're going to disrupt Baker Mayfield just enough that they can steal a win here. I don't like it, but I think it's what's going to happen. If it weren't for Arizona, then we would have had uh, the Washington football team mm-hmm. in sole possession of first place after two weeks, which would not have been uh, something most people would have predicted coming into the season. So, Probably well, no. one team that was predicted to do well in the NFC East uh, coming into the season before they started losing their offensive line and receivers was Philadelphia. Um, they're at home this week against the Joe Burrow-led Bengals. I think you know, Joe Burrow and the Bengals will keep this close, uncomfortably close for the all the cardboard cutouts in uh, the link. But uh, I think the Eagles do prevail, hopefully, without too much booing from the, being piped in. So I'll say uh, Eagles 27 and uh, Bengals 24. I, I'm pretty much in the same line as you. I've got the Eagles winning 30-27. I think that it's not so much that the Eagles get it together this week, as in they're just not as bad as the Bengals are overall. Joe Burrow is great. He's, he's really turning that team into something more than it was last year, that's for sure. But losing C.J. Uzma, I think, is, is really going to upset their flow. And maybe, just maybe, this offensive line protects Carson Wentz long enough to just hand the ball off since he's not throwing or reading coverage well. But, you know, he deserves to have booze piped in right now. Hopefully he gets better, but I'm not convinced. Oh. He might uh, have a different kind of booze uh, piped in if he has another week <laughs> like that. But, um, you never so, know. Got to be quick on your feet here with this uh, crowd. <laughs> All right. Um, next you, up, we've got uh, Nick Mullen. <laughs> yes, especially if you're an Eagles fan. Um, next, well, me personally, this coming game, yes, yeah. right. Um, yeah. My my beloved Giants are hosting. The uh, 49ers, who are decimated by injuries and are still going to win this game. Um, the Nick Mullins, I'm taking the Nick Mullins over the Daniel Joneses uh, by score 28-21 here. I'm not quite sure who's going to score the four touchdowns for the 49ers. I just know I that they're going to score know. more than the Giants. Ambitious. So uh, yeah. we'll see, but uh, that's my prediction. What, what say you? Um, I have the uh, San Francisco XFL team, which is basically what they're running out there this week, winning 20-14 to 14 in one of our lower-scoring games of the week. Uh, Daniel Jones, I think, is going to have to throw an awful lot because they don't know who their running backs are or what it looks like, but I don't think that one week is long enough for them to figure out a new offensive identity. Uh, Jason Garrett is not a, a speedy worker, as we've seen, so I, I'm concerned about them this week and for the next few weeks. Yeah, like the next uh, the next fifteen weeks, maybe. <laughs> yeah, roughly. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm um, sorry. Next up, I was texting a, another friend of mine who's a Giants fan that maybe the one good thing that will come out of this is we'll get a new GM to go with our. Uh, there you go. Our, our next. 
top five draft pick, but uh, we'll see. Sure, hope you get new if they do land the number one pick, I don't think they're going to be picking Trevor Lawrence. But uh, who knows? Maybe they'll mm-hmm. trade out of that pick if they get it. But anyway, I digress. Uh, next up, we've got um, <laughs> Chicago traveling to Atlanta. Atlanta, I think, is another 0-2 team that's going to make it into the win column this week. Uh, Chicago should be an 0-2 team, but uh, you know, from, through some uh, – um, yeah. Late, uh, late game, uh, questionable play <laughs> calling on the part of the Lions and some uh, Mitchell yeah. Trubisky heroics. They actually um, pulled out a win, but uh, I don't think their luck continues. Atlanta, if only they had a defense, I think they'll have enough of one here or to new combat Mitchell Trubisky. Rules. Yeah, where they knew the onside kick rules. Um, I don't think this is going to come down to an onside kick, which is probably good news from Atlanta. So I'll say that. Uh, the Atlanta onside kick watchers, 30, and the Chicago Bears, uh, 24. Stop the presses, but I'm going to actually pick Mitchell Trubisky to win a game here. Um, still still firmly on my picking against Atlanta bandwagon, even if that means I have to pick Mitchell Trubisky to be a better football player than Matt Ryan this week. Um, I'm picking Chicago to win 28-23. I don't think it's pretty. I don't think this is a game I particularly want to watch out of the uh, morning games or the early games, as those of you like to call it. Um, but but here we are. I think that the Chicago defense is better than the Atlanta defense, and I think that's the difference. All right. Um, I don't like it. Okay. I don't I'll like move it either. On. I was going <laughs> to make some snarky remarks about uh, Chicago not having an offense and Atlanta having one, but I'll, I'll save that for next week. Um, the late games. So, Carolina is going out to um, Los Angeles. Uh, I think that combined with no Christian McCaffrey does not bode well for them this week. Chargers, I'd prefer that Justin uh, Herbert is their starting quarterback, but I think even if it's uh, Tyrod Taylor, they're still going to win this game. I'll say uh, Chargers 30 and Panthers 21. I want Teddy Bridgewater to be the answer there, but I just don't think uh, without Christian McCaffrey that it's going to work. Yeah, it's it's not going to work this week. That I feel pretty comfortable with. Um, I've got the Chargers winning 33-17. Doesn't matter who's under center. Doesn't matter who's taking the snaps or running back. I just think overall they are a more complete team, and Carolina's got to figure out its identity without Christian McCaffrey, who was the bulk of their offense. So that's going to take more than a week. Okay, uh, next up we've got the Jets on the road at Indianapolis. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know. If there's a team in the NFL that's looked worse than the Giants so far, it's the Jets. Um, It's probably a good thing that they're not playing each other this year because that would be one unwatchable game. Um, As it is, I think the Jets are going to be pretty unwatchable this Sunday against Indianapolis, who isn't all that watchable in their own right, but I think they're going to win this game easily. I'll say the hometown Colts 27 and the listless wingless Jets 17. I've got Indianapolis winning 31-20. So, again, uh, I think we're both pretty confident that regardless who's playing for the Colts, they're probably going to beat the Jets. The Jets are just a mess uh, across the board, coaching-wise, personnel-wise, play-wise. It's just offense, defense, special teams, it doesn't matter. They're a hot mess. They need need more than a top-five draft pick to fix this. So, um, next up, we've got uh, Dallas. At Seattle, this should be a really 
entertaining game as well. Not um, a lot of I defense was on the fence. Big offense. No, not a lot of defense. <laughs> I, I like Seattle's defense just a little bit better. I mean, they're both banged up. Oh, but sure. It seems like Dallas is banged up in their front seven and Seattle more in the secondary. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but even some of Dallas's secondary is banged up now. But um, I, you know, just the way Russell Wilson is playing so far this season, I think that uh, you know you can uh, let Russ cook this week, and I think that they'll. Pull just enough, just enough out to test uh, the Cowboys here. I'll say uh, the Russell Wilson's 34 and the Dak Prescott's 31. I'm taking Chef Russell Wilson to win 35-30. Uh, like I said, the Cowboys had no business winning that game last week. Uh, that guy who put $35,000 on him to lose also agrees. Um, but this Cowboys team, they have the offense to win these games. Their defense is just absolutely crippled with injuries. Um, you know, maybe week six or seven when some of these guys come back off IR and hopefully stay healthy, uh, that that may start looking different. But for right now, they have to outscore everybody, and I don't know if they can outscore the Seattle offense. What's funny is that I could imagine a scenario where Sean Lee and Leighton Vander Esch come off the IR in the same week and, and then immediately running get out hurt to the again. field. They trip over yeah. each other in the tunnel and knock each other out with concussions for the I'd, season. I'd probably be more surprised if that didn't happen than if it did at this point. <laughs> it's just, it's it's unreal. <laughs> the injuries, they just keep okay. coming. I, I just don't know. But anyway. All right. So <laughs> next up, we've got uh, the winless Lions on the road against the 2-0 and Cardinals. I think the Cardinals will go to three and zero. I think the Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins show continues uh, with supporting cast of Kenyon Drake. I'll say uh, Arizona wins this easily, thirty-one twenty. I'm taking Detroit in a shocking upset. Late late fourth quarter field goal is going to win it for him, thirty twenty-seven. I think Adrian Peterson is going to play a little bit bigger of a role. Matt Stafford's going to get it together a little bit, and I think that. Arizona, very good. I'm not sure why I continue picking against them because I do like them as a team, but I just I think Detroit might have something here. I just like the matchup. The only thing they're going to have is a top five draft pick, I think. <laughs> yeah, and everybody else. <laughs> yeah. No, they're, they're legitimately a top five draft pick, I think. <laughs> Probably. So, so far I'd have That's the Matt Stafford, I still believe. I still believe. <laughs> Well, that would be interesting because what do you do with Matthew Stafford still signed for a couple more years? Do you take Trevor Lawrence and try to get something for uh, Matthew Stafford or do you just trade down? Well, anyway, we'll answer that question in December or January. Or, yeah, Yeah, trade both both the pick and Matthew Stafford and see what what happens. It's a fire sale. Um, Everything must go. (laughs) Speaking of Detroit quarterbacks, we've got a former Detroit quarterback who is now the starting quarterback for Denver, uh, that would be Also, uh, I was pretty Driscoll. sure Jeff Driscoll was like 35 years old. He's not even 30 yet. He just feels like he's been around forever. Well, he was with the Bengals and the Lions so far, right? Or am I missing anybody? Yes. No, no. That's it. That's it so far. Okay. Yeah, no. not quite as many teams as Russell as uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick yet, but uh, he's He's got a later start on things, too. So he's he's got a few years to catch up. So 
anyway, um, in this game, you know, normally if Drew if Drew Locke were healthy and if uh, Cortland Sutton hadn't gotten hurt last week, I would give Denver more of a chance in this game. But even on the road, even with the uh, quadrigeneric uh, Tom Brady you know, under center, <laughs> I, I think the Buccaneers are going to have enough uh, offense, especially getting Chris Godwin back. I'll go with uh, Tampa Bay 27 and Denver 20. And by the way, uh, Leonard Fournette looking like he's going to be a pretty big part of that offense going forward. So sorry for all of you who uh, drafted uh, Ronald Jones and thought you had uh, figured out the mysteries of the Tampa Bay running back situation. But I think uh, Leonard Fournette and uh, Bruce Arians might have other plans. They might. They might. If you can stay healthy, that'd be really nice. Um, I I like what this Denver offense looked like with Jeff Driscoll. I like it less without Cortland Sutton, but uh, I think they'll keep it a little closer. I've got Tampa Bay winning 28-23. Okay. So heading into the home stretch here, Sunday night game, uh, New Orleans at Green Bay. Sounds like we're both picking this one the same, but I'll uh, – say that uh, Drew Brees outguns Aaron Rodgers, even though Aaron Rodgers has definitely been the one that's played like an MVP candidate so far. But I'll say the Alvin Kamara and crew uh, 34 and Green Bay 27. I would like to see this Packers team play four quarters of football. Um, And if this game was being played in Green Bay, I'd probably be picking them to win. But Drew Brees at home in prime time, I like that an awful lot. Uh, I like it even more so, even if Michael Thomas limps his way onto the field just to draw a few defenders off. But I've got New Orleans winning a close one, 27-24. Okay, and then wrapping up the week, we've got the Monday night matchup, which is which I think are probably the two best teams in football very, at this point, and that would be Baltimore and Kansas City. Um, both teams relatively healthy, and with Baltimore at home, I'm going to pick them by a field goal. I'll say that... Uh, the Justin Tucker-led uh, you know, Ravens will prevail here. I'll say final score, 34-31. I think that I, I agree with you here. I think I've got Baltimore winning 33-28. Uh, I think it's a close game. Kansas City obviously needs to come out looking stronger than they did last week. They got, got a little bit of a scare. Uh, but this Baltimore defense, their offense is so good, nobody talks about how good their defense is, and it is very, very good. And I think they're – they're going to be one that can actually slow down this Kansas City offense, and I think that's going to going to guide them to victory this week. Uh, obviously, we want to hear what you guys have to think it, uh, about the games, who to start, who to sit. So in the meantime, I've got a couple of DFS picks for you, and then we'll sign off for the week, but we'll be around all week long on social media. Uh, as far as Daily Fantasy Pick, if you're looking for values, Jeff Driscoll, obviously I'm a little higher on than a lot of other people, but I like him this week. Ryan Tannehill, as well as Joe Burrow and Mitchell Trubisky, who I am shockingly recommending in a lot of places this week. feels weird, but here we are. At running back, Miles Sanders is healthy for the moment. Take advantage. I really love Jarek McKinnon this week, and the price is so right. Deion Lewis, uh, Joshua Kelly, and Kenyon Drake, all good options and good values. At wide receiver, C.D. Lamb, I think, is going to see a fair amount of looks this week against a defense that is basically non-existent, especially in their secondary. Russell Gage also looked great last week. Nikhil Harry seems to have some good chemistry out in uh, New England. Corey Davis, Deontay Johnson, and Tyler Boyd running out my wide receiver picks. At tight end, Logan Thomas, Mo Ali Cox and Drew Sample, as we talked about before. 
and defense, there's a lot of games that uh, both sides of the ball are looking pretty good for as far as defense just because they're lower scoring. Uh, the Jets, the Colts, the Browns, the Bengals, 49ers, the Giants. Uh, so that's what we've got for you this week. We will be back with you next Tuesday night from 8.30, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm sorry, 8.30 and 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, as we are every week. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us all over social hours. media. <laughs> it's just the injury report. That's really what it is. Uh, you can find us on social media on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page, on Twitter at the number four THN Inches Show, at JKIM16, and Fantasy underscore Sherpa. Good luck this week, unless, of course, you're playing us. <laughs>